This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to Laguna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of our Raw Reaction series. Join you the morning after the night before. Um, Jesus. Um, Yeah, really, really bad. Really, 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 really bad. Um, So disappointing, so frustrating, so mind-numbingly frustrating. Really gutted. Uh, oh, hold on. Hold on. Da, 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 da. There we go. You should be able to hear me now. Sorry. Uh, Mike's not normal. Mike should be fine now. Um, really, really frustrating, really annoying, really, uh, really poor. Um, we're going to go into all of that and more. Hello and welcome. Hope you're doing good and well. Oh, no, you're not. I really know you're not. It's a real gut punch. I feel... Now, last night when I did the show um, on the Arsenal way, I was so angry with the performance, so angry with what we saw, so angry with what um, we were delivered, what we were given. <laughs> uh, it's been a real long season, despite the fact that we've not played anywhere near as many games as we usually do. Um, but maybe that's meant that it's felt longer because there's been bigger gaps between the games. But it's been a really long season. and. To, to get that, you know, to get that as a reward, I felt so bad for the fans, you know, the fans that had gone up there, the fans that had travelled up to Newcastle on a Monday night, which, you know, is is not an easy um, thing to do considering work and home life and the fans of how late you get back and stuff like that. Um, and the disruption and, you know, the Premier League got something to answer to for that, that's for sure. But just felt just felt for them. More than anyone, I felt for them, fans that were at the ground last night, you know, um, because while I know I was hurting, at least I could at least I could jump back into bed um, after, you know, my shift had finished and all that. But still, it's, yeah, awful, awful, awful. I'm going to be getting your thoughts and feelings in the comments section. I'm going to go on a bit of a, a ranty monologue in a second. Um, but good morning to everybody in the chat box. Let's see what you guys are saying. Um, good morning to Matt. Stay positive. It's very hard, but fair play to you. 
Um, Paul says, morning, still love my club, but can't lie, I'm proper gutted. Uh, hey, Stevie, hope you're doing okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, James says, what a complete, utter waste of a season. I, don't, I wouldn't go that far, um, but uh, it feels like a waste now. If I can see why the, the, the feeling is is like that. Um, Nakul says, morning, hard to stay positive after that performance. If this was uh, then when it mattered most, shake my head, uh, we most uh, we move, but I have significantly less confidence in this team now. Uh, morning, Simon. Uh, good evening, Jose. Uh, good morning to Rancid. Good morning to, to Back, who says, unsubbing from your channel. You and too many comments bashing the manager and players that have been giving everything. Oh, you're going to struggle to find... <laughs> you're going to struggle to find a channel that aren't hurting. Back, I'll be very honest. Look, if you can't survive through the rough and the hard times, then I think you're going to struggle. Um, I don't really know where I have bashed <laughs> the manager, to be honest. Oh, man. Crazy. Even when the Arteta ends are turning on you, uh, and you're the one of the most optimistic people out there, you know it must be bad. You know it must be pretty bad. Um, okay, let's tackle it. Let's 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 do this. It was a shameful, disgraceful performance. Um, it's as simple as that. Um, it was an absolutely shameful and horrible performance. Um, I get that you know there was only three days between the, the derby and this one, but Spurs played yesterday, and I saw so much more energy and pressure and desire to win the game, and especially in the first half against Burnley, than I saw in the entire game from that Arsenal team. It's not a case of, like, I can point to say, we didn't have this player and we didn't have this player, because the entire squad, there was no good performance. There was no good performance in that team last night. No one can sit there and say, I played really well. I did my bit. I did as much as possible. Maybe, maybe Tommy Asser, but even then he was, you know, very, very easily done a few times on that on our right hand side before he went off. But that that is about it. That is about it. Um I, I what I what I find so frustrating, you know, is 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 I don't really understand the comments after full time. Um, I get the frustration and all that, but from Granite Jack in particular, like, and I get that we you got to apply context, but I don't really know what that achieved. Um, I know it's difficult to try and put how they felt into words after that performance and that result, but still, I found it very very odd, especially you know that we got one more game. It's so I know it's crazy to think, you know, this isn't over mathematically, but it certainly feels over uh, in, in the reality of what's possible because I I don't see us beating Everton. I don't know how you pick up that side in less than a week to face an Everton team that are going to be hyper-motivated, especially if they don't keep themselves safe against Crystal Palace. And even if they do, they've got nothing to lose. Um, and you just don't see Norwich beating Spurs. It's just not going to happen. Uh I get the honesty, Owen. At least he was honest. Yeah, it was just really odd. Um, really, really strange. Um, what I will say is, and this is obviously going to, we're going to have to bleed into a conversation about Arteta because I know that's where people want the conversation to go. And um, I feel, you know, after reflection, if I'd have spoken last night, and I did obviously on the Arsenal way, if I'd have spoken on the channel last night, I think I'd have been a lot harsher. 
in reflection, you know, I feel different to how I felt after Villarreal. I sat here and I did a show just over a year ago in which I titled the show Arteta Should Be Sacked. That was the title of the, the show after the Villarreal defeat because that was an unforgivable performance and result in the context of our season at that point in time. You know, it, any other big team would have got rid. Any other big team would have got rid at that stage. And we didn't, you know. And after the Manchester City game, I still wasn't convinced after the 5-0 defeat that we were making the right decisions, that the right things were happening. We hadn't made a certain number of signings at that point still yet. Um, and then obviously after the Man City game, things changed dramatically and our season shot up in terms of form. We improved. Um, we've got into a position where we've been in a top four race up until the final game of the season. And I didn't expect that. You know, I didn't expect us to be at this point this season. My expectations were on the floor. My expectations were, oh, we're going to, you know, our season's going to fritter away once again next year. Um, and they didn't, you know. <laughs> they've somehow, with this team of players, uh, got us into this position. And that's why and that's why I look at the season when I look at it outside of what a result means. And I look at it in terms of we finished fifth with the youngest team in the Premier League. And I consider all the players that we haven't had available to us and go, you know what, you know, fifth is is where I thought we would be. It's just frustrating because I knew we could finish fourth. Because it was possible this season to finish fourth. Like the chance was there. And we cost that. You know, that's not because of outside factors solely because whilst you know we've lost players like Thomas Partey and Kieran Tierney and we've hadn't had Tommy Asu for a long period of time we didn't have Granit Xhaka for a long period of time in the first half of the season um because in January we could have solved it January we could have done something about it January we could have prepared ourselves and you know there's a reason why the team that will finish above us most likely is the one that did strengthen in January. I think that at the start of the season, I maintained that we had the fifth best squad in the league. After January, we probably had the sixth best squad. You know, Spurs probably overtook us, not just because of the players they brought in, but because of the players we allowed to leave. You know, despite whatever we may think of Aubameyang, and I had no issue with him going, that weakens your team if you don't replace those goals, and we didn't do that. Um, letting go of Pablo Marie, Maitland-Niles and Chambers when you're then scrapping to find enough players to make a back four in the last 10 games of the season, you know, is a problem, especially when your backup options aren't trusted. And that's even more worrying when one of them was signed last summer in Tavares. It, it's, we don't know what happened. The, the honesty is we don't know what went down in January. And that's why when you see a comment such as, I think I might, I reckon I can probably find one. Oh, well, it's there. It's there already. So Jacob says, uh, not replacing Alba was sackable. Like, we don't know what happened. Um, I want to know what happened. And, you know, if it transpires, this is all Arteta, then we can sit there and say, wow, you've really torpedoed the season. But we don't know. And I don't think it would have just been him. If it is just him, then what on earth are the other people at the, <laughs> the club employed for? What's their role if it's just Arteta that's responsible for not being able to bring someone in? But also when you see Bruno Gimoraes, who you could have predicted all day long. I mean, there was in the last two games... The most predictable things have happened. Arsenal have a player sent off in the North London derby. Kane scores a penalty and Bruno Guimaraes scores against us to cost us top four. If you had three predictions for the last two games, 
it would have been those three. It would have been those three. Because there's just something about the irony, about the way in which we revive careers at this club. You know, Bruno Fernandes, I remember hadn't scored in how many games. What does he go and do? He scores against Arsenal in the game at Old Trafford earlier in the season. Um, Brighton's records uh, before we played them. Southampton's record before we played them. Newcastle, you know, we'd won, what, 16 of the last 17 games? And, you know... <laughs> we frank frantically gifted them a victory you know this this is we've revived certain individuals and teams this season in certain moments um and it just it's so gut everton yep you're right clark everton as well you know where how on earth did we manage to lose at everton in december or end of november or whenever it was how on earth did we manage to do that and so we're told that there's a plan uh for this summer and we're going to want to see it you know we've been told the fans have been promised that they have a plan for what they want to do and that plan was you know with the the club being in the Europa League if we were in the Champions League it was seen as being ahead of schedule so there's no excuse if we don't do good business in the summer there's no excuse because we weren't in the Champions League because the club expected us to get into the Europa League not the Champions League so if we go into this transfer window we, and we don't approach it in a way in which we will push forwards, you know, to try and succeed with our targets, with the players that we want to improve the squads, there's no excuse for that because a plan has been publicly published to be the case. According to Edu, speaking in an interview, it's done. They've planned it. Arteta too has confirmed. It's planned. It's sorted. Maybe some of the targets they were considering because of, you know, the possibility of getting to the Champions League may not be available to us now. Yuri Tillemans strikes me as the obvious candidate. Not sure about Gabriel Jesus. Who knows whether he would still come to Arsenal without Champions League football. Um, but what I would say is that there's, you know, there's no, uh, there's no reason why we shouldn't be going into the window with optimism about what we can do because we've been told, you know, we've been told that it's that the plan is there, that we're ready to do some strong business and to fight for what we want to achieve next season. Let's let's go to the perspective and the context. If Arsenal don't lose Thomas Partey, don't lose Kieran Tierney, don't lose Takahiro Tomiyasu for as long as we did, we probably get top four. But the main reason as to why we've not been able to achieve what we've wanted to in the second half of the season has really been goals. You know, I've read Arse Blog's... Um, blog this morning and there's a piece in that article which basically goes through the amount of goals that have been scored by players in the second half in 2022 so Andrew writes when you look at our main players and by the way go and read this on askblog.com um, uh, when you look at our main players in the squad in regard of scoring and what they've contributed since January 1st the stats are stark Gabriel Martinelli one goal in 19 and that's his one in the last 21 appearances Emil Smith-Rowe, two goals in his last 18 appearances. Lacazette, one penalty in 18 appearances. No goals from open play. Bukayo Saka, six goals in 20 appearances. Eddie Nketiah, four goals in 20 appearances. And, you know, he didn't score in 18 of those. And Martin Odegaard, though not a forward, is three goals in 22 appearances. That's not good enough. That's not good enough. If you want to get into the top four, 
then you need to score goals. And we had the option to go out in January and bring someone in. People will say, who? People will say, who on earth was there to get? Who was gettable? Why didn't we go? If we, if, you know, if we could have got someone, we would have done. But, you know, there were players out there. There were players that we could have tried to get, even on a six-month loan deal. Because the opportunity for us to get top four this next season is going to be a lot more difficult. A lot more difficult than it was last season, uh, or this season rather, to get top four. I think I was having a conversation last night where I brought up a number of options um, that we could have signed uh, and that we could have seen brought into the team. I said, Arta Cabral, Valvecos, Bakambu, Origi, Morata, Taremi. Um, and that's just me, you know, and I know that these aren't prolific strikers. These aren't players that are going to get you 15, 20 goals a season. Um I know that they're not going to bring you that. But they're players that you may have been able to get on loan. They're players that may have given you something different. They're players that would have given you extra. And that's from me. You know, these are players that I'm naming from my perspective. And I'm not an expert in regards to scouting. I'm not a, a football specialist for a club in terms of recruitment. I'm not someone who knows how to find the best options, who can analyze all of the data that they have available to them. But to not bring in anyone when you can see that the opportunity for top four is there and you've let Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang leave and following Balogun, who people quickly forget, was also sent out on loan. When you do that and you don't bring anyone in, when you can get players in on loan for six months, I just can't get my head around it. And it's not like this wasn't something, it's not like this is with the benefit of hindsight. You know, we spoke at the end of the January transfer window I sat with Clive and Andrew from Arsblog and Kev Campbell and I sat, sat there and I said, we could have got someone. And I know that the rhetoric at that point was around the fact that we didn't panic by and we didn't make the mistakes in the market that we've done in the past and that should be applauded. And I'm in agreement. I'm fine with us not panicking, but I'm not fine with us not preparing and not being prepared. And that window struck me as a window that we weren't prepared for if we couldn't get the players that we wanted. And, you know, it's not like in central midfield, we couldn't have got a player that would have improved us. We will struggle to find a central midfielder in the summer that will be as good as Bruno Guimaraes. We will struggle to get a player as good as him. And that is a big detriment to this team. And to say as an argument of, oh, we didn't bid for him, or we weren't going for him, oh, the club didn't want him, that's not good enough as a reason to not go for it. It's not, what's the point in getting annoyed about a player that we weren't interested in? Because we could have been. That's why I'm annoyed. Because we could have signed that player. We could have gone and got that player. That's why I can be annoyed. That's why I can be frustrated. Because the opportunity was there. You know, even Artemelo. Arsenal would agreed a two-year loan deal with Artemelo from Juventus, right? And, you know, eventually it was superseded by the hierarchy because they felt it wasn't the right move to make. Well, what about now? How do you feel now? <laughs> Does it feel like it wasn't the right move to get done on loan, even if it was a two-year loan deal? Because I tell you what, we had Mohamed Elneny leaving on a free. You could have kept Artemelo as his replacement in the squad for next season and still brought in a central midfielder in the summer. It didn't prevent you from doing that at all. And who knows, you could have got an option on that deal possibly that enabled you to maybe buy him if he'd have done well. But not bringing in that central midfield reinforcement 
you know, is, is a big, 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 big miss, especially now considering when we lost Thomas Partey. And it's not like we haven't had prior warning about his fitness problems. You know, we have had huge warning about his fitness problems. Uh, and that's... And that's my view as to why we cost, why we've cost top four, and why this season has been um, a disappointment in the end uh, and a missed opportunity. I will not call it a failure because my expectation at the start of the season was fifth, and that's where we finished. You know, I'm not going to call it. A, I'm not going to call it a failure. I'm not. I wouldn't sack an employee of mine for achieving what my target was for them, even if there was a chance towards the end of the year that they could have overachieved that target and unfortunately they failed. I'd certainly have some questions and that's what I'm doing right now. I'm questioning, you know, the decisions that were made along the way. But I wouldn't get rid of someone for finishing where I thought we would finish. That's for sure. And I think also that there's been things that sure have gone against us. We could have prepared for them better, but there have been things that have gone against us and that's a real frustration. Um Let's go to the super chat and let's go to some of your comments as well. Uh, Sam says, makes me so mad. Bruno was the one that finished us off when we were interested in him for so long. Man, why, Sam? I haven't got an answer for you, mate. I, I haven't got an answer for you because, as I said, we will struggle to find someone as good as him in January. Uh, sorry, in the summer. We will struggle to bring in a centimetre as good as him in the summer transfer window with or without Champions League football. Uh, Guna Legend says, the only way I defend this regime is if they go out in the summer and buy four world-class four. Wow. <laughs> to complement the youth we have in the place. Anything short of that, and we should demand change. I think to see any team, be that a City or a Chelsea, go out and sign four world-class players, you know, it's probably unrealistic even in that level. Um, mainly because the world-class players aren't out there in that frequency. So you are going to end up being disappointed, I'm afraid. Uh, Zim says, don't look back at January now. Why? I don't really understand this. I'll read the rest of your comment first. It helps nobody. Isaac was not available. Abraham was not available. Darwin Nunez was not available. And Vlaovic wanted to play for Juventus. They're not the only options, Zim. You know, I've mentioned players that aren't going to set the world on fire. They aren't going to, you know, be brilliant signings uh, for the long term. But for six months, you know, I would have taken a Maratta. I would have said to Liverpool, can we have D Divock Origi for six months? You know, he's not going to be able to play against you when we play you. But it might do well when we come up against your rivals, certainly like Manchester City, for instance. Although saying that, we would play Man City on the first day in January, so it wasn't bad. But in terms of Chelsea and other teams like that, you know, let's take Origi for six months. Let's go and get Taremi from Porto. I think we even it was even linked to us. You know, experienced striker scores goals. I think there was links that it could even be a, a player that would be open to moving to Arsenal in the short term. Um, who else was I talking about? Arta Cabra, who went to Fiorentina. Um, I'm sure there's one more that I'm forgetting as well. Foul Vedcourse, as I've already mentioned, went to Burnley. And sure, he's not done amazing at Burnley, but it is Burnley. When the amount of balls that we put into the box, you know, giving us an actual outlet, something different, you know, could have been very different for us, giving us something different for six months. And if you said to Valt Vedcourse, you can go to Burnley on a two or three year contract um, and fight for your life and maybe even end up in the championship next season. Or you can come to Arsenal and fight for a Champions League place for six months, perhaps of an option. If you impress, maybe we'll grab you at the end of the season. I'm pretty sure I'd know what he'd pick. And it's like there are options out there, Zim. You know, they weren't the marquee ones. They weren't the ones that are going to take us that next level. But I'm sure that they would have given us something extra. 
I'm sure they would have given us something a bit more than what we've got. And that's a frustration. Uh, Maxabia says, Tom, you cannot be annoyed now when you were fine with the manager's decision back. I, I wasn't fine. Can you please go back and watch the video? Go back and watch the Arsenal Lounge. Go back and watch the videos that we did. I was not fine with what we did. So don't lie about my opinion on something. Go back and watch it. Send me the link. Send me the minute where I say I'm fine with what we've done without any caveats at all. You know, no put making false claims about things that I haven't said. Okay, I says, let's be realistic, Tom. There was no chance that front four was going to outplay Newcastle. We are where we deserve to be. And you can say that we have been, uh, that we even overachieved. I don't think we've overachieved this season if we finish fifth. I don't think it's an overachievement. If we'd have finished fourth, absolutely agree. Overachievement all day long. All day long. But finishing fifth is is not, especially when you consider the opportunity, and especially when you consider the opportunity that was there in January to, to make some certain decisions. And to be honest, it's not even necessarily about the players that we didn't sign. I have an issue with the players that we let go of. Callum Chambers, I'm sorry, but why? Why have we let him go for six for the last six months of the season? You know, we've lost Tommy Asu. Stylistically, I, I, I've preached on several shows that he's very, very similar in terms of style to Tommy Asu in regards to his, vast, his versatility, his positioning style, his, uh, his role in the side. But no, you know, we've had to go back to a Cedric. I'd so rather see Chambers at right back than Cedric. So, so, so much would rather see Chambers there than Cedric. You could have then switched to a back five if necessary because you could have had Chambers and White and Gabriel and Tommy Asu there. You've got Cedric and Tavares who were much better, let's say, in the offensive sense. We could have gone to a back five for the last few games of the season, the last 10 games if we were really struggling in that area. Because let's, let's be real, you know, we've been conceding hand, goals hands over fist in the last 10 games. We've really been worryingly bad defensively and how we've been leaking goals. So we could have really, really done, you know, with possibly changing the structure up a bit, going to the way that we won the FA Cup by that 3-4-3 system. It might have brought us some stability. Pablo Marie going on loan, you know, I don't have, I didn't have loads of issue with it at the time, but with the way in which we've we've needed a bit of backup uh, at left-footed centre-back could have brought us rotation possibly as well when we played against teams in midweek and then had to play at the weekend and we've dropped points there. You know, maybe maybe that's something that we could have looked to. Ainsley make the Knowles and the Bamyang. I'm not, as I said, I'm not too fussed about them two going because I thought it was the right decision to let them go for their mentality. You know, as me and Clive talked about a couple of days ago, that type of mentality issue in the squad is great to remove. But again, you've got to replace them. And we didn't replace them. And again, that's going to be the problem. Um, Constantine says, who should leave Arsenal on the 25th or 23rd of May? When obviously that period of, you know, there's a lot of players that need to be moved on. Cedric, I don't know how we can keep him. I get he's done a job in certain games. And I know that I've been on there and said that keeping him would be, you know, good for the for Brook Norton Cuffey. But him just being there is is a problem. You know, if we bring someone in like Aaron Hickey who can play on both sides, that's hopefully a positive. We're being linked with this Nahuel Molina guy as well at Udinese. Perhaps having him in is a lot better than having Cedric. But I don't know enough about him to, to, to say that for sure. Lacazette should move on. One a penalty. 18 appearances, was it? And one penalty. That's a joke. It's a joke of a, a return. Um, Eddie and Ketia shouldn't be renewed. We know that, even though they want to, but we need to make sure we go out and sign two top quality forwards uh, if he does indeed move on. 
Elneny's an interesting one. I'm still f- kind of fine with him, but not a three-year extension. You know, a one-year extension, I would have kept doing it. I think we need to adopt the same system as Chelsea. 30-year-olds get one plus. One year's maximum. And we need to sign in central midfield. You know, that's that's for sure. We can't rely upon Elneny to be the, the backup to either of our two central, starting central midfielders. Elneny needs to be like the fifth, sixth choice. But the last last bastion of, of cover is what Elneny... I'm fine with him being depth, but not backup. Depth is fine. Backup is not. He's not good enough to be the backup at Arsenal if we've got the ambitions to go where we want to go. It's as simple as that. Uh, and there's quite a fair few more players as well. Um, Matt says, funny thing is, we'll probably beat Everton 8-0 now. The pressure is off. You can see it happening, can't you? You can absolutely see it happening. Uh, Molina is the one, says Clive. Certainly a big fan of him. Uh, Akash says, we need to sell Xhaka, Elneny, Holding, Tavares, Cedric, Laka, Pepe. Oh, Pepe. How have I gone 27 minutes without talking about Pepe? <laughs> please, please move him on from Arsenal Football Club. He's not good enough. He was never good enough. It's one of the worst decisions we've ever made in the transfer market. He, he came on and gave Newcastle their best opportunity to score. And they still missed it. That's That was his contribution. And as soon as you say, as soon as you see any comments from people saying, oh, he's not being given the opportunities. Oh, there's an excuse. <laughs> oh, there's an excuse for Nicolas Pepe. <laughs> Are the same people that don't give any excuses towards Arteta because it's the stick to beat him with. Just wind up the old Pepe stick and bash Arteta with it. That's That's what happens. Pepe is, you know, is, is a player that needs to be moved on ASAP. ASAP. Not suited to Arsenal, not suited to the Premier League. Not good enough. Not good enough at all. Uh, Jay says, sorry, Tom, forgive me if I don't tune in for a few days. I don't think I can uh, think about Arsenal. Hey, mate, I don't blame you. I've got a wedding on Sunday. I can't watch the last game of the season. I'm, I'm actually quite thankful. I'm actually quite thankful. I'm, just, I'm not. I'm going to look at my phone. I'm probably going to check my phone really late in the day on Sunday just to see what happened, expecting nothing, of course. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a time of reflection. That said, if you still want to tune in, we will be doing shows pretty much every single day uh, because, you know, I still love the club. There's nothing will stop me loving this club. Nothing will stop me supporting this club ever it's part of what being a fan is. I want them to win the next game, always. It really pains me that there'll be so many fans. I say so many. It's a very small but loud uh, minority that will be quite happy that we didn't make top four because it suits, you know, because um, it suits it. Sam says, you're going to look at your phone. I, genuinely, I'll probably, I'm going to try and keep it away. I might give it to the missus to hold on to. Um, <laughs> just to try and check myself out um, for the day. Um, so yeah, but I am missing the last game because I am at a wedding. Um, Millen says, under Arteta, we will never win crunch games. Mark my words, Chelsea, Man United, West Ham, North London Derby, first game of the first half of the season. It's just, it's factually not true, is what your comment is. Uh, Deep Eleven says, the fan base uh, was really united this season and the atmosphere was so good, but I can just see it going back toxic. I hope it doesn't. You know, it'll be interesting to see how the Emirates is um on Sunday and how they react in that game because uh I would obviously be very frustrated um but we'll, we'll wait we'll wait and see how they react but uh yeah it's just such a pain Rance says big summer ahead 
Edu and Arteta has to deliver. I fear if they don't, the toxicity will be back. Look, at the end of the day, what Arsenal need to do is progress. You know, we progressed this season based upon last season's results and where we've moved in the transfer market with the team, the way we play and the way we do a lot of different aspects. But, you know, if anyone's got doubts about Arteta or this club, they are completely and utterly justified. To have doubts about this club is utterly, utterly justified. So at the end of the day... (laughs) Um, they need to prove that wrong. And as soon as we stop progressing, that's when we can start asking the questions. We're angry, we're frustrated, we're downbeat because the opportunity was there to get top four for us within our grasp by beating two bottom table, bottom of half of the table oppositions. And we didn't do that. Sure, Newcastle's form puts them, I think, what, fifth? In terms of the form table. And they've been a much better side. But we still should be playing a lot better than we played last night. Like you, It's not like we, we lost by absolutely battering Newcastle and we just failed. You know, we were awful. <laughs> there was no kind of commitment, no kind of commitment in that performance. And it was avoidable, you know, because we could have, we could have found players. And um, we look back in January and we could have found players. Uh, oh, see, if you're going to abuse players, then this is not the place for you. Uh, Sam says, what player actually showed desire to try and win the game? Uh, it's like the circumstances switched and Arsenal is the club on the beach and Newcastle were fighting for top four. It's so pathetic. I, I, I can't give you an answer, Sam. There are no players on that pitch that, you know, showed desire to me. Even Granit Xhaka didn't show desire in the game, despite his grilling of the of his teammates at full time he was probably including himself in that who knows we'll never know I suppose but um I'll tell you what that documentary is going to be an interesting watch an interesting watch indeed uh Clive says we are fans all fans have doubts it's how you express those doubts that count I don't always get that uh time right and neither do I you know especially you know as content creators, we put stuff out every single day. Every thought, every word, every discussion, every response, every question is broadcasted and documented and is referable throughout every day of the year, especially if you do a show as often as I do. And, you know, what frustrates me is like the comment we saw earlier from Maximius claiming that I said I was fine with January. It's that when you've got all these words on, on document and people lie about what you've said, or misinterpret sometimes purposely what you've said. That's what bothers me. Um, and we're a very reaction. This is the reason why the show is called the Raw Reaction Show. You know, it's it's a very reactionary feeling and group of fans to to be talking about. And I'm hurting, I'm really hurting. Oh, doubly because of course of the other team that are going to beat us into fourth this season. And that's it. Don says, Tom, I don't think Arteta is mature enough to build this Arsenal team and he also lacks experience. Arteta is good for average clubs, but not Arsenal. Let's be real, he is not good enough for Arsenal. Again, I I find these comments strange because the expectation has been met. Fifth was, as I said, the fifth best squad in the league. We haven't underachieved. So when we see comments like, this isn't good enough or he's not good enough or the decisions aren't good enough or where we finished isn't good enough. I struggle with that because this team shouldn't be good enough for top four. When you go to back to the start of the season, the squad that we looked at, and especially the squad that we finished the January window with, you know, it's not good enough for top four. It isn't good enough for top four. And in the context of the season, when our competitor has two world-class players in Kane and Son, 
and of course Antonio Conte as well, you know, and then adds two really strong players to their team in January, Bentoncourt and, and Kulisevsky. It's not surprising. It shouldn't be a shock to anyone that we've not made it in the context across the whole season. It's a shock because of what yesterday's performance was. Um, this this is where I'm at. So it's not okay that we've failed at the final hurdle. I'm not okay with it. But in the context of the whole season, you know, it's not, we haven't underachieved. And that's why I am where I am with this. And he says, wow, shouting for some reason. So Tottenham overachieved and it's okay for us to underachieve. Uh, again, I don't think we've underachieved, Andy. Um, Spurs, I think, have overachieved this season, yeah. I think when you look at the context of the year, the four teams I had for top four were City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Man United. Man United have massively, massively underperformed, as we know. And, you know, that has opened an opportunity for Arsenal and Spurs. Arsenal and Spurs are had fifth and sixth interchangeably. You know, I thought at the start of the season, Kane or Son could push them above us, even with Nuno, um, could have pushed us above because they are just that good. And then in January you would have to say that Spurs overtook us in terms of squad quality um, and expectation, not expectation, but certainly squad quality because we weakened our squad and they improved their squad. And so those two places swapped around, um, but we finished where I thought we would finish. It's as simple as that for me. Uh, Maximus, can you please look, send me the message. Send me the message where I said this, that I was fine with the January window. Fine with it. Please show me. Otherwise, it's just lying. Uh, John says, Thomas running towards Liverpool goal at the last minute at Anfield. It's impossible. Let's go home. Forgive me if I have some hope. Not a great hope. Um, yes, nice thinking back to 89, but uh, yeah, it's not really the time. Uh, Annie Rude says, sorry, Tom, I love you, but I have to disagree on this one. Maybe we met the club's objectives, but should we really be satisfied with fifth? Hey, look, Again, it's this idea about standards. The standards argument comes up a lot. Am I okay with Arsenal being fifth? No, absolutely not. I want Arsenal to be, you know, competing for titles, winning titles, competing in the Champions League. That's where I want Arsenal to be. It's not about being satisfied. I'm not satisfied with fifth. But I'm looking at the bigger picture and the context of the season and my expectation of where I thought we would finish along our path back to where I want us to get to and we've, you know, we've taken that step. You know, the next step for Arsenal for finishing back-to-back -back eighth and overhauling the squad was to get back into Europe. And we've done that this season. Next season, it's a different kettle of fish. We have to finish in the top four. If we don't finish in the top four, you know, we have failed and we should think about changing the coach. That's what happens next season. But my expectation was fifth. If you want to criticize me for having that expectation, that's fine. But at least come at me with a solid argument about it and come onto the channel and have a chat. I'm always very open to having a conversation. I never, ever shut off the opposite view if it's respectful. If you're being respectful and non-abusive and you want to come at me and have a discussion about things, I'm always so open. And I even had that opportunity given to people prior to the North London derby. And I think only one person, Luca, took that opportunity. And to be fair, in the end, ended up changing their viewpoint, as you saw in that view on that video. So if if you want that chat, it's fine. DMs are open. Come and have that discussion. I'm always open to having that conversation. But it's not about being satisfied. I'm not satisfied with fifth as Arsenal Football Club. I want Arsenal Football Club to be here, and we're just not at the moment. 
But I believe that step has been taken towards that this year. And I'm hoping that we take the next step next season, which is to establish ourselves in the top four. If we don't do that, then I'll be absolutely asking the question about whether or not we're in the right place with the right coach and we can have that discussion. But my expectation was not there this year and it would have been an overachievement. It hurts because it spurs. It hurts because they've overachieved this season. I get that. I really, really do get that. And I get that we had the opportunity on our own hand. So that's, that's just where my head's at with this one. Um, Crystal says, do you honestly think we are the fifth best team in the league, Tom? Even fifth is overachieving. Yes, I do. I do think that. Beating Chelsea, <laughs> we've beaten Man United, we've beaten West Ham, we've beaten Spurs. You know, we should have beaten Manchester City. We've won a hell of a lot of games this season. People talk about the games we've lost. Um, we've drawn, I think, what, three? Um, because we've won a lot of games. And the team is good enough. You know, you look at Arsenal's starting eleven, the strongest starting eleven that we could have had this season. And you go through it with Ramsdale and Tommy Asu and White, Gabriel, Tierney, Partey, Xhaka, Saka, Martinelli, Odegaard, and then a striker. Could have been a Bamiyang for the full season, had things maybe gone differently. And, you know, we can look back at Bamiyang's behaviour. We can look back at how that was dealt with. If you want, it could, maybe it could have been dealt with better, but I don't think it could have done. And then you look at what we could have done in January to fix that problem. And then you look at that team and you think, yeah, that's fifth. That's fifth. Well, if you look at the, the starting 11 from the start of the season, Aubameyang is the striker. And you go, that's good enough for fifth, at least. At least fifth, you know. Uh, Man United had a lot of players. You know, adding Ronaldo, Sancho, Varane to a team that's already cost a stupid amount of money. You know, they should have finished in the top four. On you know that was the that should have been their expectation and they fin- managed to finish sixth possibly even seventh depending on what happens on the last game of the season. Um, and Spurs have got two world class players in Kane and Son. They added a manager that you know is has taken uh, Spurs four points higher than they were when uh, he came into the job. And I personally look to Kane and Son as the, as the main priority reason, primary reason why they have done that with, with Conte coming in a very, very close second. But we have finished where I thought that we would. Um, and so I can't, I can't go back and say we should now sack the coach because that's just not where my head's at. That's just not how I feel about it. It's how I felt after Villarreal. It's how I felt after Manchester City because I didn't see us going in that right direction. Um, but I don't feel like that now. I feel differently to how I did after Villarreal. I still feel hopeful with the squad that we have, with what we could do. But January is going to be big, you know. If we fail in the January window, then, then there's this. You're already starting off the season badly, especially when you've turned around and said that there's this plan. This plan is available. Um, Don says, Tom, we only beat teams not at their best. Again, this is an excuse. If you want to talk about excuses, you're starting to throw up excuses. You know, that's the, that's the problem. You're starting to throw up excuses for good results. And that's a strange behavior. Really? You can just bug off. Dan says, do you think our squad has improved from when Emery had us on a good run? This end of season run of me feeling exactly the same as Emery before we finished fifth. The difference between the Emery end of season and this one is obviously we had the Europa League uh, commitments and so we were spread quite thin in that sense. And in my view, Emery sabotaged the end of the season 
unknowingly maybe, but he sabotaged it with the rotation against teams like Brighton and Crystal Palace when we've only finished one point in the end off top four. So because of that, we failed. And then we have one of the worst final performances we've ever seen against Chelsea in the Europa League final. You know, Emery was sacked when we were in, uh, I think, eighth. And Arteta took over when we were in 11th place uh, in that season. And we finished eighth that year uh, and won an FA Cup. And then the following season, you know, we got to the semi-final and finished eighth again. But that was just that 2021 season was a real failure. I looked, I looked at that season as a real failure. But I don't look at this season as that. And look at this season as different. But I think there are differences between the two. Uh, let's go to... CD says, uh, Tom, it is step by step next season fourth, I promise. I hope you're right. Because um, it has to be that. Has to be top four next year, even with Europa League football. I says uh, the issue in our midfield when we struggle, we can't control games, and controlling matches comes from midfield. Schick wouldn't have saved us yesterday. I disagree, Ayath. And I know you've got this complex about midfielders, um, but goals have been the problem. You look at the number of goals that we've scored. We haven't scored enough goals. It's as simple as that. It is as simple as that. We haven't scored enough goals this season. And I'm sorry, but yeah, Schick probably does save you. Because he offers you something very, very different. You know, we play, we create different chances. He sets up different plays. He scores chances that we didn't score. So I'm sorry, but he does change it. And to say that if your choice of Inketia or Schick is the two options, and that's not going to have any impact at all, I think that's naive. Um, Amir says, Tom, what do you think of the fitness of uh, Partey, Tierney and Tommy? It hurts us. It does hurt us. But again, you know, it's about having depth. Partey could have been replaced by Bruno Guimaraes in January and we didn't do that. I will absolutely point to injuries as one of the big reasons why this season ended the way that it did. I will absolutely do that because it's a fair thing to point out. But the fair response to that is that we could have stopped that being a problem in January and we didn't. Um, and we didn't do that. Uh Avrahan says, I wouldn't have minded Europa if we had a chance of actually winning it, but we are pathetic in their competition. Zero wins in four attempts. Uh, Junior says, Tom, do you think Arteta has the capability to take this club to the next level, comfortably challenging for top four and putting in a league challenge? Do you think he is capable of levelling up? Junior, the answer to the question is, I don't know. Maybe. It's a maybe. I've seen signs this season that tells me that, yes, you know, because we've taken that next step forwards, we challenged for a top four place this season. So, yeah, the evidence is there to suggest that, sure, we could. But I'm not, I haven't seen enough to say that, you know, that, yes, that he can absolutely do that. Um, but I've seen enough evidence to say that it's, it's, it's feasible, it's possible, it's doable. Because I've seen enough from this, you know, uh, from what's been available to us this season. Um, let's go to Tucky, who says, Tom, if we can't get top four with one game a week, uh, again, this is a bit of an argument that isn't really, again, given the context, you know, we've got a, a squad for one game a week. Uh, I know you're not trolling Tucky, um, but the whole one game a week and 250 million pounds worth of backing is two very broad, vague facts about where we're at, because, uh, you look at the number of games uh, that other teams around us have played comparatively, it's not too different. And we've got a squad that is built to, for that. You know, we've not got a squad that was built to play in Europe this season. That's why we've let all the players go that we did and we brought in the types of players that we did. Had we have had European football this season, I'm, I'm assuming that they would have approached the season in terms of transfers and squad building very differently. 
Um, in terms of the, the 250 million pounds worth of backing, it's an odd point because it just looks at money. It doesn't look at the context of the players that we signed. Um, some of that money is is talking about players that are very much for the future um, and very much not designed to come in straight away and have an impact. So it's it's not as simple as saying, we've spent all of this money. And yet, you know, where are we in terms of the league? Because we've had to spend this amount of money to replace players that we're going to then upgrade upon. You know, some of that 250 million has been spent on players that we should be then looking to get even better than. And we haven't spent any of that money on a striker, which is a crucial position. And we brought in one top quality central midfielder with that money as well. So it's a broad stat that doesn't really fit the argument um, to, to try and bash, not bash, but criticise. Aya says, how does a striker score when we don't have the ball? Schick will simply play like Laka and Eddie. And I've been playing to try and get the ball from deep. Right. Arsenal fixtures. <laughs> Settle this debate. Put it to bed. Um, boom, 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 boom. Against Newcastle. Arsenal had uh, 11 shots against Newcastle. Against Spurs, Arsenal had uh, nine shots, scored zero goals. So that's 20 shots, zero goals um, in the last two games. Leeds United, we had 19 shots. So that's 39 shots, two goals in the last three games. 39, remember that number. Uh, West Ham United, how many shots are we going to add to that? 13 more shots, so that's 52 shots, five goals. I mean, that's just the last four games. I can keep going if you want, but if you're telling me that if we didn't have a player as good as Patrick Schick at striker, that we'd score the same amount of goals in 52-odd shots, I'm sorry, but it doesn't add up. It doesn't add up. <laughs> we've created goal scoring opportunities and we've missed those chances. And that's bearing in mind that, you know, we've had penalties and stuff this season too. It, it doesn't add up, IF. Because if, if, if your point stood, we wouldn't be creating that many shooting opportunities for ourselves. We wouldn't be creating that many shots. Uh, and yeah, Barry says, how many of those shots are on target? Um, let's have a quick check. It's a good question. Uh, let's go to the Newcastle game. Uh, two shots of 11. Two shots out of 11 on target. Uh, if we go to the Spurs game, uh, five out of nine, slightly over 50% in that game. Leeds, uh, nine shots out of 19, under 50% of those shots hit the target. Uh, West Ham United, uh, seven out of 13, so just over 50% again. The point is, is that you've had all those shots, you've had a certain amount of shots on target and you're not scoring them. And, you know, a better striker takes more of them and we get better results. Um, so there you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, do, 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 do. Moaz says, we need a left winger, two strikers and two midfielders, one centre-back, uh, which could be Saliba, uh, and two-footed uh, left and right backs into the team. I would be very happy if that was what we did um, in the summer. Uh, good goal scoring opportunities. Now, man, get real. I think Stevie, if you've got a striker there, you create the strike, you get, create the opportunities. If you've got Eddie and Ketia, you know, players that are playing around them know that they're going to create different types of opportunities. If you've got that focal point, if you've got that player, you create better opportunities for them because you've got that trust that they're going to be able to do it. The trust is not there with Nketiah. The trust wasn't there with Lacazette that they're going to take the opportunities so players start to play differently. It affects your mindset. It's the same for a goalkeeper when he doesn't have confidence in his back four. 
about how they play or how a back four plays when they don't have the confidence in their midfield. If you've got a world-class, top-class striker, I guarantee you, you know, long shots aren't taken as necessarily. You know, you go and you play more patiently because you want to get the ball to that killer instinct of a striker. It makes you play differently, having that player in there. So we don't play the same way. I'm sorry, but 50, 52 shots. 52 shots in four games, five goals. Uh, Akash says, Arsenal looking like an apprenticeship program where anyone can come and play with our feelings and emotions. We as fans are butchered every weekend. This is harsh truth. Amazon talk is going to be lit. Uh, Neil says, Xhaka, honestly, for others, not about his past mistakes is year, in years is pathetic. What is the Arteta obsession playing him at left back? That I don't have an answer to. Uh, Owen says, uh, have we too many breakthrough wingers at once with Smith, Rowe, Gabby and Saka? All fantastic, but we're bedding in too many players at once. It's kind of been the necessity of the season, Owen, you know, because we've decided not to, because we've decided that this season was going to be the rebalance. Um, this season was going to be the, the season in which we change the squads, change everything as much as possible. And it's coincided with the season where we've overachieved in terms of competing for the top four when we thought it was going to be about finishing in Europe. That's what the expectation was. And so we're looking at it now and going, wow, we've got way too many kids. And that's true. Yeah, we do have way too many kids starting in these games. Way too many. And we need to add in the summer to that. And I think that that was always going to be the plan that we were going to add to that. I think uh, David Ornstein talked about that saying we wanted to bring in youth, rebalance the squads and then add world-class experience to it. And that's what this summer's got to be about. You know, we've got to add those world-class players. If we don't do that, then we're going to be looking like mugs. You know, we're going to be looking like we've been taken down, you know, another another path, another yellow brick road of just believing everything that we see if we don't do what we need to do in the summer transfer window. Uh, let's go to uh, Chris Shell, who says, why on earth would anyone want to watch the Amazon doc? It's beyond logic. It's sadistic. Uh, Papoose says, completely agree, Tom. Too many kids who played probably too many games. Um, Sko says, yes, Owen Young. Uh, the balance between the youth and experience isn't right yet. Even some of the experienced players have been below par, but some of those kids will be more experienced next year because of this one. Tucky says, when we sign in the summer, we don't just need quality, we need leadership and character. And that's what cost us last night and against Spurs. Absolutely. And this is why when we saw Thiago Silva join Chelsea and there was so much uh, opposition to the idea of him joining Arsenal, I'm not so against that type of signing. I'm not so against Arsenal going out and bringing in someone of real experience and real winning mentality. Now, I'm really not against the idea. There was rumours that Ilkay Gundogan, for instance, could be leaving Manchester City. He's 32 years of age. Watch him get linked to Arsenal and watch the amount of people that say, no, too old. Ilkay Gundogan would be a brilliant central midfield leader for Arsenal, a brilliant addition to the squad if you were able to get him. People turned down Lewandowski. You know, I remember when we did the poll on the channel about would you take Lewandowski? No, too old. Can't take a risk on Lewandowski. Not the best striker in the world, maybe bar Benzema this season. Can't do that. You know, it's this, it's this, I, and I would call it arrogance at times that they think we're too good for these types of players. You know, Gundogan walks into the Arsenal team probably for the next two years. Lewandowski walks into the Arsenal team and is still good for another two years. And yet people just turn their noses up at these players because they're too old. <laughs> too old is, is what we're told. Well, there's PTSD left over from the Willian. I get it, but it's Willian, you know, very different. 
Luis Suarez is a free agent. Would you sign Luis Suarez um, for two years? Would he fit the mentality, the character-wise of what Arsenal want, perhaps? Um, oh, it's mad, isn't it? It's crazy. Uh, Sanele says, I know that money can help, but we have an inexperienced technical director. He had a good summer window, but we were going for different types of players then. Now is different. Let's see. Let's see, Sanele, if, if Edu turns out to, to prove people wrong in the summer. Uh, Salm, uh, Saim, sorry, says, uh, this team needs character players with personality and egos that have been disregarded by Arteta. Every team needs a few guys with big egos and never say die attitudes. The team is full of soft, quiet boys. Uh, I wouldn't describe um, everyone in this team as being soft, quiet boys, especially after the amount of people that moan about Granite Xhaka for what he says. And yeah, it kind of falls in line with the character of what people are describing. So I'm not sure that always stacks up. Uh, Tierney was important. We lost his fighting spirit. Uh, Papoose says, you have to pick them right or we end up to square one. Absolutely. A says, I would take a window of Sterling Jesus in a midfielder and then keep Saliba. I think we need more than that, but I think they would be great signings. Um, no Sleep says, uh, we are 17th in the league for big chances created, meaning relegation battle level of chances created. We are shooting from bad positions because the quality of chances created are poor. And I think if we had that focal point of striker, you know, we would create better chances for that focal point of striker. I think teams with those top quality forwards, despite the fact that they may not have the best and most exciting creative players, often find them and they often still score. And that's why Danny Ings scored so many goals for Southampton. You know, they created those clear-cut opportunities for him, despite not having wildly creative players in their team. When you have strikers like that, you end up creating better chances for them because you know that they're there to take them. Uh the Arsenal Lounge, who you can find us tonight at 8pm. Join me, Shaheen, Mo, and Lev over on the Arsenal Lounge. Um, shambles of a performance last night. Gundogan would have done a lot better last night than Xhaka and any put together. Looking forward to seeing you later. Me too, mates. Uh, do tune in tonight, 8pm UK time over on the Arsenal Lounge. Uh, Manu says, agree that expectations from the start of the season should change due to variables like injury transfers and other teams. I wanted top four, but if Saka and White get injured early, it's just not on. Uh, well, we should be bringing in players to back them up. Um, you know, next season, it's different. Next season, it's absolutely different because we should have no excuses in regards to squad depth next season because this summer should be about building this squad to a point that can get into the top four. Uh, Amin says, Tom, do you think uh, we will get our targets without Champions League? Not all of them, no. I don't think we'll get all of them. I think we'll get the positions that we wanted to get, but I don't think we'll necessarily get the players that we wanted in all of them. You know, I don't know why um, Tielemans would be... Uh, I don't know why Tielemans would join Arsenal if he said that he only wants Champions League football. That's obviously only, you know, reported right now, but we don't know. Sko says, ironically, Xhaka was one of the poor ones last night from a mentality perspective. Where was his fabled leadership? Every time the cam was on him, I saw his head down. Certainly not... Uh, cajoling or encouraging. Uh, Don says, Tom, the secret to win Arsenal is very simple. Any team that is very determined and run on Arsenal's players without giving much space, we can't cope with the pressure and we intend end up losing the ball quickly. There's absolutely a way to beat this Arsenal team right now uh, and teams have worked it out and that's why we need to add a lot more variables to the team next season. Oliver says, top four was always going to be overachieving the squad we have. It's just very upsetting to have top four in one of our, in our hands and we couldn't handle the pressure. Uh, Dan says, fact is, Edu and Arteta should have a window planned for both Europa and Champions League. No excuse for this club not to buy it. Like you said, Europa was the target, so no surprises for them. 
and no excuses. Yeah, absolutely. I can't, I couldn't have said it better myself. There's no excuses for this window. We have to go and improve the squads and we have to go and build this team ready for next season. Um, and we've got to invest significantly. Uh, Forever an Arsenal fan says, need to make Spurs some nice lasagna on Sunday. Uh, Aaron says, I can't believe his name is Arteta and he's not put, uh, and he's not putting who has art on the field. He's taking them off. Uh, Juno says, watching from the beginning, Tom, but let's keep our heads up and get ready to start for the season. Thanks, Juno. Uh, Kevin says, it's no coincidence that Aubameyang has scored more goals in a more effective attacking team. I think that team is a lot more gilded to playing around Aubameyang, that's for sure. Uh, Amin says, Tom, what about our targets now? Can we get them without Champions League? I think I tackled that. And we think we went for no. Anyway, uh, let's wrap things up there. I've been going for nearly an hour. Um, there's always going to be a long one, but uh, there you go. Oh, it's a painful one. Season's not over, ironically. It feels over, but it's not technically over. Um, it would be wildly hilarious um, if somehow something strange happened on the last day. I'm not expecting it to. I mean, I'm really, really not expecting it to. I imagine Norwich City. I think Norwich will draw with Spurs. Um, I think Spurs will know they can draw and probably use that to their advantage, to be honest. I think they may draw that game. And Norwich have no real intention to push. They don't have that uh, incentive to push to try and grab a winner. So I, I weirdly think they might draw that game. <laughs> Very weirdly. Um, and I think that, you know, I don't have any confidence in us winning against uh, Everton, to be fair. So, you know, as I said, on that day, I'm probably going to shut my phone off um, because as I, said, I can't watch the game anyway because I'm at a wedding and I might just shut my phone off and check it really late on in the day. Join me and the boys on the Arsenal Lounge 8pm tonight. Thank you so much for watching. I know it sucks, um, but, you know, we have the front to go and put on this show and you have the front to turn up to it every single morning at 8am. It's going to be a long summer. You know, we've got 11 more Saturdays without Premier League football until we return. So it's going to be a long, 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 long summer. But we'll be bringing you all of the transfer news, all of the breakdowns on players and much more. I look forward to bringing you a William Saliba season uh, kind of roundup as well on Wednesday. Looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Thank you so much for tuning in. Drop a like. It really, really does help us out. And uh, boy, do we need it <laughs> after what we've gone through. Try and take your mind off of things throughout the day. Uh, I'll catch up with you tomorrow morning to do some more analysis and look at the latest Arsenal news. Um, but I'm now going to go and draw my day off not thinking about Arsenal until this evening. So, yeah. Have a good day, people. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates are around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. 
Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.